are live. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the latest episode of the Tim King Show brought to you by the Bloodline Entertainment Network. And again, unless you've been living under a rock, that's where you can find the Tim King Show going forward. Right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network, YouTube, Twitch. Hit that like, hit that subscribe for sure. Tonight, as the ticker says, we got a very, very special show. Well, I guess a spoiler alert, I'm not alone. I got the Slapper Brothers. That's right. New nickname, the Slapper Brothers of podcasts. And I can't take credit for that. I'm going to give Nick, the Universal Wrestling Podcast, all the credit in the world. They're coming on with me. But before I bring them on, I got some quick housekeeping I want to get to. Like I said, hit that subscribe button. The Bloodline Entertainment Network. We are doing such big things. Five, six, seven days a week. We are doing shows two, three times a night. Hit that subscribe button. Go back. Watch our other shows. Hit that like button. Get at it. Plus, the website. Again, unless you're living under a rock, you haven't been to BloodlineNetwork.com. BloodlineNetwork.com. Again, your host for sports, wrestling, entertainment. We got lists, rankings, top 10 matches. We got the fucking works on there, plus all of our podcasts. BloodlineNetwork.com. You're home for all of your sports, wrestling, and entertainment podcasting needs. And before we move on, I got a very, very special announcement. I'm not the one announcing it as it was announced on Circle of Debate this past Sunday and all over our social media yesterday. But going forward, Thursday night, Right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. New show, new host, JD from WrestleBread Podcast. Welcome to the Bloodline. So very, very excited to have you. You can catch your show every single Thursday night right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern. So, without further ado, put them up. Put ones, put your two sweets for the slapper brothers of podcasting Justin Boom. what's up fellas how are you guys doing man it's been too long it's been like a full week how you guys been oh dude we're doing good, we're doing good brother and if i just have to right now we're gonna, gonna, gonna quote sting right here right now it's showtime Let's go, baby. Let's go. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Jeremy, how you feeling, my brother? I'm doing all right, brother. Good, good. You had a good week, man? Yep. Any uh anything anything in the wrestling world stick out at you, catch your eye? Just honestly, Twitter is a Twitter is a, a cesspool, honestly. <laughs> it's just it is just terrible. Just all the just the, the bullshit dirt sheets going around and them bickering back and forth between each other. Me wondering why it's even on my timeline. <laughs> I don't even care about all that shit right now. We are literally like just a little over a week away from mania at this point. Let's just get to fucking mania. Can this week hurry up already? Like one full week. That's right. I didn't promote it. My bad. Saturday, five nights from tonight, five nights, five nights from tonight. The Tim King Show right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. We are going to be doing a very special. Originally, it was just going to be doing a uh, a little, like, you know, we call it Tim King after hours. Back in our day, we used to do a uh, sports argument um, after dark, after hours. I was going to hop on with a bunch of you guys. I got you boys coming on. 
Got Dylan from World Elite Podcast coming on. Got my boy Street's going to hang out for a little bit after him and I do some Roto Slappers. Got Graydon from Bin Buster coming on. And maybe a couple other two-tree surprises along the way. I'm just going to hang out, shoot the shit. I'll drink. I don't know what the rest of these guys are going to be doing. I'll certainly be doing my fair share of drinking, as you know. But (laughs) instead, I was like, why go ahead on Tuesday and do a WrestleMania preview show? Well, we could just preview WrestleMania Saturday night when we're all chilling together. We got a couple mm-hmm. of casuals and graded in streets, got a couple of diehards and the rest of us. So why not just do it all together? So that's what we're going to do. So Saturday night, we're going to hang out. We're going to have a couple drinks. We're going to talk about WrestleMania, and we're going to preview it. And like I said, tonight is Topic Battle Royal 2. And I don't know if this is going to be a thing that we do going forward, but man, I had so much fun when we did this last time. I figured we got to bring it back. But with that, you guys and I will rotate, pick a topic. We'll go from there, what we want to talk about. But I'm going to make us talk about this first topic, all right? Because just to start the show, Justin, like you said, we are one week away. We are WrestleMania two nights. The card is looking stacked, man. Like I am so excited for it. So what I want to know from you guys is I, I want to know your excitement level for this show. Not not just your excitement level, but like what three matches are you most looking forward to for the show? Like I'll run it down. You got the undisputed WWE Universal Championship with Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. You got the SmackDown Women's Championship with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair and Asuka. Brock Lesnar and Omos. Let's go. I'm excited for it. I know you guys aren't. Seth Rollins. Logan Paul, the United States Championship, Austin Theory and John Cena. Look at this legend, the legends in this match. You have four of the top ten women of all time, three of the top five women of all time on the same team. What the fuck? Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus taking on damage control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. <laughs> a hell in a cell, a hell in a cell, the devil, the devil edge against the demon Finn Balor. Come on, that's going to be awesome. The match we all wanted. You want to talk about bangers, slappers, slappers, bangers, slappers, bangers, and slappers. We got the match that we wanted. We got the Gunther taking on Drew McIntyre, taking on Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship. Let's go. And then instead of those bullshit, bogus ass matches, the Andre the Giant and the women's, whatever it is, the Mae Young, now we get. Two fatal four-way tag team showcase matches, which I'm really excited about. For the men, we got the Street Profits, Braun and Ricochet, Alpha Academy, and the Viking Raiders. And for the women, we got Liv and Raquel against TBA, TBA, TBA. Obviously, Shayna and Ronda are going to be in that. Carmella and Chelsea, I'd imagine, are going to be in that. And then I'm not exactly sure who that last team is. But instead of those stupid battle royals, I'm excited that we're getting these, these women and these men. And we're showcasing tag team wrestling. So... Jeremy, you, you first. Which three matches are you most looking forward to on the show? Uh, I think an obvious one I have to go with is Roman and Cody. Just the the promo that they did on Raw, uh, just excite. It got me even more excited and more invested with the the story and the match itself. I know it's going to be a great fucking match because it's Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. How could they not? Put on a great match. Uh, another one. The, the second one is sort of tied between the two mid card titles between Cena and Theory and Gunther, Sheamus and Drew, because 
firstly, it's a it's a WrestleMania where they have the mid card titles on the show for once, and just the the two matches in general, I just know are gonna they're they're gonna deliver. It's first of all, it's John Cena, and how can you not expect anything from John Cena, especially nowadays? Like you you can't expect like five star, like six seven star classics from John Cena nowadays, but you can't go in and be like, oh, this match is going to suck. It's John Cena. It's not going to... It's going to be a John Cena match. And you can't complain about a John Cena match. And then Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus. We've already seen what Gunther and Drew can do. uh, Or Gunther and Sheamus can do just... And we've seen what Drew and Sheamus can do. And the three of them all together is just going to be like... I I could just imagine like skin and flesh flim flimsing off everybody's body because they're just going to just demolish and absolutely pound the shit out of each other in a non-sexual way. <laughs> it's going to be hot, man. Three beefy men in any capacity is always hot to your boy TK for sure. And you're right. That flesh is going to be slapping and banging all over the place. This needs to go on a, a t-shirt. Um, what Nick just said right here. Just give Jeremy the damn pencil. Whether it's like with bloodline on the front and that on the back, or that's on the front, and like we just rock it around, that needs to go on a damn t shirt for sure. Um, love it, Nick. You got Nick's coming up with the Slapper Brothers and t shirt ideas for you boys. What up, KPG? Thanks for always tuning in. Faction Cast Podcast. Go ahead and check them out on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in, my brother. Dom, what's good, man? Top Rope Wrestling Talk exclusive right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. What's good, baby? What's good? And then, Jeremy, did you have one more? I know you mentioned both mid-card titles, the world title, and you kind of want those together. Do you want to throw a third out there, or is that your three? Um, the, My third is probably tied as well between uh, Edge and Balor and Hell in a Cell because just the, the concept of Judgment Day Balor, Judgment Day Demon Balor at that, against a brood devilish edge inside Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania is going to be incredible. And mostly because I'm just looking forward for this feud to end. And the other one is uh, Seth and Logan, because, I mean, they're just going to tear the house down because Logan Paul seems to, as much as people hate him, there's there's no putting on a bad match for Logan Paul and Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins. That basically sums it up right there. Facts, big facts. Justin, what about you? Your three. And actually, I do want to point out our AEW show that we just did, our top 10 AEW pillars basically going forward, which is funny that they ran out their four pillars like three days later. I think Tony Khan listens to the show sometimes. I swear to God, dude. But, um, <laughs> But Justin went ahead and, and cho- chose like 17 total people, teams, um, whatever. So I like how Jeremy's following suit right here. Like, if Justin's going to do it, I'm going to fucking go ahead and do it. I'm going to take five matches when Tim said three. No, <laughs> Justin, name your three. What you got? Or five, however you want to do it. <laughs> so I am going with the obvious. Uh, first off, the undisputed title. Roman and Cody... Listen, these two, the story has been absolutely just inve- like completely invested in this whole thing right now. Yes, 
I've been saying I kind of feel like I'm glad like they needed to kind of tone down just having the whole thing just be dusty this, dusty that, dusty this, dusty that. And they finally kind of broke away from that last night, which, again, I just think this has got it like I'm, I'll keep seeing all these freaking people quote tweeting and retweeting dirt sheets. And it's got me worried about it. But it's mm, still, I saw that. I saw that. Stop I'm still uh, Stop. I'm still I, I'm I'm so invested in this because I am I'm just hoping that this is where we're finally gonna get some progression here by the end of that match. Like Roman can go take his time, Cody can go hold the titles, and we're not gonna freaking, you know, just drag this out for the extent of just dragging it out. Second, yeah. Sammy and KO and the Usos. My God, like I, we're probably going to talk about it here. Mm-hmm. Not this whole here thing here, that segment Friday night, dude. I cried. I don't even care. I legitimately cried. I knew I was going to. When those two hugged in the middle of that fucking ring, I love first off how they had Sammy back away from that. And like when Kevin walked forward and he backed away, I went, Oh, that was good. That was good. And when he pulled him in, it was just like it hit. It was like, and I felt it immediately. Yeah. Just my I went freaking teary-eyed immediately because that was just an amazing, just wonderful sight to watch. And the story for this has been excellent. So I am all invested in this. And honestly, as much as I don't like Logan Paul as a person. Logan Paul and Seth Rollins is an absolute match that I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait to see this. I am enjoying the shit out of this feud between the two of them right now. I cannot wait to see what the two of them are going to put together in a match. It is going to be nuts. Like It is going to be nuts. I cannot wait for that. My, my, my dark horse, like ones I can't wait to see are clearly the hell in a cell because I'm starting again, finally get into judgment day a little bit more and judgment day. Demon Balor is an absolute must see with brood edge. I cannot wait to see that shit at all. And the IC title because Gunther, Seamus, Drew, I expect nothing but bruises and freaking missing teeth and freaking lacerations and just everything when it comes to these three. They're going to beat the ever-loving snot out of each other. And I am all for it. Like, when I, I usually say pump that shit in my veins, like, I will sit here and prep myself for that IV. You pump it in there right now. Like, let's fucking go. Hell yeah. I mean... I don't know what more I could say that you guys haven't said. The obvious, and who cares if it's obvious? It's Roman and Cody. Like, that's the story. Like, and when a main event actually makes you feel like you're invested in the main event, it means they've done a good job. And they have done a great job of telling the story. And that's why I've also said 155 times that the other match I'm most excited for, and maybe equally excited for, is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos. That should be the night one main event. I get it. You know, equality. Rhea won the Women's Royal Rumble. Rhea and Charlotte are going to fucking tear the house down. It's going to be a fantastic match. It's fine. They can main event night one. But this story that these guys have put on 
more than deserves a main event spot and a tag team title match in a main event at WrestleMania. The fuck? That's never happened. And like you said, Justin, you cried Friday night. The hugging. Just wait till they win the tag titles and rejoice together as best friends in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania. Come on, dude. That's a main event. There's nothing that anyone can, can tell me. Trust me. I'm all for women's rights. I'm all for equality. I'm down to have two women's main events if the stories are there and they tell them properly. Unfortunately, in this situation, this Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Usos, this is the main event. This is the fucking story, dude. This is everything. Like, this is everything. Next year, if they build properly to, like, a Becky Rhea match, let's go, baby. Like, main event, that shit. Sign me the fuck up. But these bloodline stories are everything that they've... Emmys, dude. Emmys. Emmys around all of these guys. Like, I digress. So those are the two matches. And then, yeah, I'll go with you guys. You know, I'll, I'll rip a quick three. It's the Hell in a Cell, dude. I can't wait to see the Devil versus the Demon. I can't wait to see fucking meat chopped and slapped all over the fucking place. I'll just leave it at four. The card's sick, dude. And I'll throw a little bit out there to uh, Omas and Brock. I'll give Omas a little bit of fucking credit, okay? I think that match is going to be a good seven to eight minutes. Omas is going to get his fucking spots in. He's going to walk around. He's going to taunt the shit out of Brock. And then Brock's going to hit him with a monster F5 for the one, the two, and the three. And that mainly was for Nick. But I digress, dude. (laughs) Yo! Let's get a couple quick comments. What's up, Dylan? World Elite Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, Kofi Weedston, baby, what's good? We live, we are live. Throw them up for Kofi Weedston, man. Doing great things over there with Dirty Heels. Go check them out for sure. And go check out Worldly Lee. Congratulations on 200. Another recording that tonight, dropping it soon. So congrats, boys. But that's really all I wanted to get out of the way. Um, that was like the main topic I want to get out of the way. The rest, like I said, Battle Royal, baby. Top, topic, Battle Royal. And I'm going to give you guys the topics, and then I'll let Jeremy go first. And we'll swing it. Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. My God, that promo last night. Holy shit. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos. My God, that moment on Friday night. The promo to start the show last night. Holy shit. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. That segment, they finally on SmackDown got me invested in that match. It took them this long, but they finally got me invested in this match. That was a lot of fun. AEW four pillars. We just did our 10 pillar show three days later, four days later, the next day they're fucking out there with fucking the four pillars in the middle of the ring. And I'm like, we just did that. We just did that. Um, We see you. Yeah. So AEW four pillars, the elite, they're back together. Are they back together? Um, I don't watch being the elite, but it's all over social media. Um, the end of Dynamite, BCC cornered Hangman, Dark Order was out, and the Elite came in, including Kenny Omega, slid behind him for protection. They added Hangman Page back to their group chat. All right? Like, you know, group me is group chats. Kenny Omega left right when they added Hangman Page. So, is the Elite truly back together? The Elite versus the BCC. Let's... Let's talk about that. That's 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 a dope topic. Um, Jane Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie. Can Taya be the one? Where the fuck is Bray Wyatt and what the fuck is going on? And then if we want to do a little NXT, 
It's Tuesday night. Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, is coming. So those are the topics. Uh, if you need me to repeat them at any point, I'll repeat them. Jeremy, whatever you want to talk about, start it off. Uh, I'm going to start at the top, but not at the immediate top. I'm going to start right right there at number two, what you said, and go with Kevin and Sammy versus the Usos. That segment on SmackDown was like chef's kiss, like mwah, like perfect, perfection. I knew it, it, it had to happen eventually. And just every week that they had to do with each other, like Kevin and Sammy were in the same segment. You're like, is this the night? Are they going to do it? And then just, nope, Kevin just walks away. And you're like, ah, fuck, come on, come on. And then the Friday rolls around and they do it. And the, you think you think he's just going to, it's going to be the same thing. Kevin's just going to walk away. And then Sammy comes up and tells him, I, I love you, man. And then just, you see Kevin's face like, fucking son of a bitch and he gets in the car he drives away and you're like ah oh, he's he's not gonna do it and then the whole main event happens kevin comes out and makes a save they get the hug and it's just oh, it was beautiful it was incredible and then the segment on raw itself with the promo with kevin and sammy where they finally challenged the usos and the usos came out and accepted brothers versus brothers basically and then they had the beat down it, everything leading up to this match i know i forgot it in my matches to that i'm looking forward to but that's like my 12th match that i'm looking forward to towards wrestlemania it's just it's there's so many matches to look forward to and this is what? just many it's it's so good. The story is there, and yes, one thousand percent. I'm sorry to Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. This should be the main event for night one. There should be no reason. the The story is here for this match, and there. We'll talk about it later when we get to uh, the topic of Rhea and Charlotte. But that just doesn't have the story right now to even warrant it being the WrestleMania night one main event. Besides the fact of Rhea Ripley winning the Royal Rumble. Big, 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 big facts. I'll just retort after you, and then we'll let Justin go. Um, again, I don't have to go into it about the, the main event, because I don't want to sound like some sexist fucking pig, dude. Um, if you know me, you know I love women's wrestling probably more than most, to be honest with you. Um, you know I love women's wrestling probably more than most. I've been a catalyst for it for a very, very, very long time. I'm not even going to sit here and fucking explain myself, because if you watch my shows, you should know that. But at the end of the day, this storyline is everything. This storyline has been the main story in WWE for nine months, nine months, nine months. And like the Cody thing is cool, right? Right? That, like that's dope. That that that's obviously night two. That's the main event. Sammy probably shouldn't have been involved in the in the world title. That should have been Cody. That's Cody's trajectory. But Sammy deserves the main event. If anyone deserves it, if anyone on the whole roster other than Seth fucking Rollins deserves the main event spot at WrestleMania, it is. Fucking Sami Zayn for what he's done this year. And it's Kevin Owens who got it last year with Stone Cold. And it's the Usos. And it's the way the Usos have presented themselves as the greatest tag team in the world and one of the greatest tag teams of all time. So that should absolutely be the main event of night one. 
But oh well, if it's not, if it's the first match of night two and it's the breaking of the bloodline on the same night, then sign me the fuck up for that too. Or if it's the sixth match on night one or the seventh match of night two or the second match of night one or the third match of night two, I don't really care. I can't wait for this to go down because when it goes on, it's going to be absolutely fucking epic. I can't wait. This story has been just marvelous from fucking start to finish. Like we said, Emmy worthy with Sammy inside the bloodline. The KO stuff on the outside though, telling him, yo bro, they're they're just using you yo bro well what are you doing sammy then kicking his best friend's face off then the back and forth cody asking him the cody to start the show kevin making the save finally and then the end of the show with cody just smiling and gleaming into that camera like a proud pappy was just like (laughs) a moment because i had gotten goosebumps that Monday, not this past Raw, but the previous Raw, when Sammy was out there fighting the bloodline and Cody had made that save for him. I got crazy big goosebumps. Like, that was dope. Take it back to when KO makes the save. And, yeah, man, I'm not going to say I was full on tears like Justin, but I definitely fucking got the tears in my eyes, dude, like like fucking here. And I was goosebumps. My nipples were definitely hard, dude. Like, it fucking swung through me like fucking hardcore nipple mania, dude. Like, I was going crazy. Swing it over to fucking the Cody smile. Swing it over to Raw, the start of the show. Kevin Owens to start the show, and it still feels like Kevin Owens is the heel. It still feels between the two of them, which is so funny because it still feels like at any moment Kevin Owens is going to turn on Sami Zayn. It really does. Like, it doesn't feel like at all Sami's going to turn on Kevin. It feels like Kevin's still going to be the one to turn on Sami. And I don't know if it's just because of the way he had that fucking power bomb on him right after fucking Sami won the belt in NXT and he just showed like he is that guy, or if it was just we know he's that asshole heel, or if it's just like, Yo, this is revenge, bro, for what you put me through for the past six months. But Kevin's still just full-on babyface, smiley Kevin Owens feels very, very weird to me. And I'm not saying I'm not okay with it. It just feels odd to me. And then, like, especially, like, when he's pandering to the crowd and saying, like, oh, you guys love this guy, don't you? And then, like, stuff like that. And then, yeah, Jeremy, like you said, breaking it down to how Usos just went. His brothers versus brothers, like like Jay's like, man, he's my brother. Since your brother, we're brothers versus brothers. We're fucking going at Mania, our brothers were brothers. And then I like how the Usos weren't like, fuck it, I want to run away. They said, no, 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 no. We're going head on at you motherfuckers, dude. They ran right at KO and Sammy and said, let's brawl, bitches. Love it. Can't fucking wait for this match, dude. Again, I don't care when it is on the show at the end of the day. Cannot wait for this match. Dude, listen, I... I, I never expected that I was going to cry over this whole entire thing. Fuck that. What am I talking about? I knew I was going to, man. This whole thing is a fucking masterpiece, dude. And I mean that. An absolute masterpiece. Like, this story, yeah, I would think, to me, the whole... This is just my opinion. The whole Jay being conflicted thing that led up to this whole point, to me, absolutely did not need to be a thing. Like, it made no sense why Jay would be conflicted. I, I understand. If he wanted to walk away because he was embarrassed for a little bit, and I understand, like, Sammy embarrassed him completely, of course, he's going to walk away for a little bit. But when he comes back, there should have been no freaking hesitation on knocking Sammy the fuck out for turning his back on his family. But everything else with this whole story, just from... Sammy being with the bloodline, Kevin telling him hands down, just they're using you and you don't, you know, you know, you're not their family, but they're calling you family right now. It's just like you finally get 
to the point where Sammy gets away from them. And now it's, man, I got to get back with my best friend. I got to be with my best friend, my brother. And he doesn't even want me right now because I fucked up big time to the point where it's finally able to persuade Kevin to say, Hey, look it, I fucked up. And even Cody happened to be the one in the middle here to go, listen, you guys need to be together. There's no way. There's no reason why you should be apart anymore. Just everything about this has been an absolute fucking masterpiece. Like we are never going to get a story like this ever again. I feel like it's going to be a long time before we do, if it even happens. But this story, like I'm saying, has been spot on, spot on masterpiece. And it's crazy to think that it's almost over. Like, like WrestleMania is literally just a little over a week away. And we're this close to closing that chapter on this epic story. Just everything has just been, this is something everybody's going to go back and watch again. Completely. Like nobody's going to forget this ever. Right, because yeah, this yeah. has just been—it's just—it's been—it's been, it's been monumental for everything. Because look at what how good it's done for Sammy. Look how good it's done for Kevin. Look how much it's done for the Usos. Like everything bloodline related. Like yes, it's clearly the only story that really matters. But really, it's been absolutely wonderful to watch in both sides of it. So. Like I said, this again, this is one of those matches at WrestleMania. I cannot wait to see. Story-wise, it's been wonderful. Match-wise, it's gonna be fucking epic. I cannot wait for this. I, I'm I'm ready for it. When this happens, if these if Kevin and Sammy walk out with those tag team titles, it Friday will not be the only time I fucking cry. I'm gonna probably this and again, this should be the main event. This story right here is astronomically better than what Charlotte and Ray are doing. And that's not saying anything that just because, listen, I'm all for women's wrestling as well. Charlotte and Rhea, listen, I understand Rhea's story. It's her getting to right the wrong that what happened at WrestleMania. And that's perfect as a, as a story. But right now, whatever the hell else they're doing with that hasn't even come close to what this story is. This right here, the massive main event right here, First time ever tag team titles as the main event screams so much more than just saying, hey, I'm just trying to get revenge for you beating me at Mania three years ago. Like, this is a massive story intertwined into something huge. Well, this is just a side piece that says, yeah, I'm going to beat you because you beat me. Cool. Like, yeah, I would, I would clearly take tag titles as your main event. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, bro. I'm I'm with you 110% of the way, my dude. And let's go to a new topic. Ooh, I guess I guess I'll decide since you just talked for a little bit. I'll give you I'll give you a break and then we'll we'll swing it back uh back your way. We'll go me, Jeremy, then you. No, we'll go me, you, then Jeremy, so then you can pick the next topic. And well, the topic I'm gonna pick. It's a pretty fundamental one. Nope, I'm not going to do that because we're going to cover my dude's face right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this right here. I'm going to stick with it. 
Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes. If you weren't already excited for this match, go and watch the promo from last night. Everything about this story has been great from day one. The interactions between Cody and Heyman, the interactions between Cody and Roman when they've had them, the interactions with Cody helping Sammy and Kevin get back together, Cody saving Sammy against the bloodline. Everything has been done perfectly here as well as with the rest of the bloodline story. This promo on Raw last night was fucking amazing. I popped multiple times. Oh, ah, oh. When Roman told Sammy, or Sammy, when Roman told Cody, why don't you run away? That's all you do. We made you stardust. You ran away. You went over and started a new company. You couldn't get over there. You ran away. You came back here. I'm going to kick your ass, and you're going to fucking run away again. And I'm like, oh, my God. Because I'm always defending Cody how, like, it was a great thing how he did. And then Cody goes, okay. I don't give a shit. I did run away and I gave a hundred percent of the people in this locker room fucking new jobs and another place to work. And I'm like, God damn what you did, Cody. God damn right. And while you were the worst part of that company over there, it's good that you're back and you should be main event in this match and you should be winning it. So both it's good that you made that company. It's good that you're gone. And it's good that you're here. And three things can be good all at the same time. And all three of those things are good. And what Roman said was true, but at the end of the day, I've said it 552 motherfucking times. He went me got offered $500,000 and came back for $5 million. Main eventing WrestleMania about to be the guy who's been the champion for 928 motherfucking days. Cody Rhodes is it. This story is it. And Cody finally said, leave my dad's name out of your mouth. It's over with. One of the best parts of the story was what Paul Heyman said. And when Roman said, I am what your dad wanted you to be. <laughs> God, that part hit so hard. Cody's finally like, leave my dad's name the fuck out of your mouth. It's fight night, bitch. Let's fight. I can't wait for this fight. Cody better win. Jeremy. No, Justin. Yeah, I'm I'm locked in with this. Like, when Cody won the Rumble, everybody goes, okay, predictable as shit. Now we just need a story. And we have gotten a story. An absolutely fantastic story right now. Mm -hmm. You have Roman basically defending his 900-plus day reign against a guy who's literally trying to do it for his family, but also to prove that, you know, he's not just, you know, coming back here to just fill in a spot anymore. Like, this is a whole new Cody. He literally did like these, like the promos have been fantastic. Cody's by himself have been great. That whole, I acknowledge you. Well, now it's time for you to acknowledge me. Love that. That is fucking awesome. I think like the only iffy promo that I haven't really enjoyed was the one with Heyman where Heyman was like, you know, oh, like you, are you willing to pretty much sacrifice everything to be, champion again i'm like cody is basically coming back to wwe where everybody is gone 300 plus days out of 365 days a year and basically that if that doesn't scream this man is back to become a world champion and willing to become a world champion then i don't know what is at this point like but they have absolutely just 
push that whole entire just mediocre like segment aside and just engulfed it with so much fantasticness. Like it's so good, dude. I cannot wait for this match. Cody, like if this if this whole build right now hasn't got you convinced that Cody can beat Roman, then I don't know what the hell to tell you here. Like I am so convinced here that Cody can do it and I hope to God he does because I don't need Roman to retain just so we can get him to a thousand days. There's no reason for that. Cuz after that if, if you do, what do we do? What do we do from there? What do you do if Cody loses? Like, what do you do? You have nothing at that point. Who beats Roman? Like, Cody has to do it. If they don't do it, we're just holding us out to just stack Roman's reign more. And it don't make sense to do that when you can finally get stuff moving here. Give Raw back their championship or vice versa, have Cody take the WWE title, split this thing up where Cody literally just comes out and goes, hey, guess what? Now I'm, I'm not going to sit here with both titles. I'm going to give SmackDown back their universal title so they can go have a tournament to crown a new champion while Cody holds the WWE title. You have so much shit to do, like – you get more out of Cody right now than you do with Roman holding the title. <laughs> and I hope to God they pull the trigger right now because listen, Roman's reign will never be any, there will never see a reign as good as Roman's as like this, mm. this reign is spectacular. But right now it's gotten to the point where it needs to find its ending. So we can start a new chapter because if you're just going to write the chapter and then just constantly just flip pages and scribble stuff instead of actually writing a sentence out and writing the story, then I don't know like what the hell we'll be doing here. Cody needs to win that title at WrestleMania. And I hope he does because they, they, these have completely convinced everybody at this point that Cody can do it. A story that you think didn't, that nobody thought was going to exist in a feud that was like predictable we knew it was coming. Now we just needed a story to convince everybody. And I think this story has absolutely convinced a lot of people. And I think Cody needs to do it at WrestleMania. Yeah, man. They, uh, they've really raised Cody's like aura and like the essence around him. Like they've made him feel like a main eventer and a fucking big time player in this industry. Not that he wasn't before he came, but I would have told you that there's no chance in hell. Cody Rhodes is a world champion. Now I'm like, Cody Rhodes could be the WWE world champion, the real world champion of wrestling. Like, that's crazy. Ivan, Mr. President, about to go on his three-week vacation. God damn, no one deserves it more. I acknowledge the three meaty men. Talking wrestling, making my nipples hard, baby. Oh, yeah, it's Nipple Mania Tuesday. It's not Taco Tuesday. It's just a Mania Tuesday, and he loves it. Oh, acknowledge our president, baby. Yes, Thanks sir. Thanks for tuning in, my dude. Thanks for tuning in, my dude. Jeremy, what's your take on this mess? Uh, this this feud, it's just been incredible. It's the the promos have just been getting better and better. The promo on Raw between Cody and Roman, with Cody basically spinning Roman's words, saying when Roman told him he all he does is run away, and 
Cody spitting his words and saying, well, when at WrestleMania, when I beat you, Jay's going to run away. Jimmy's going to run away. And all you're going to have left is Solo. And then when he's going to run away, all you're going to have left is Paul Heyman. And he's just going to become an advocate at that point. Perfect. The, the ability to spin that around was just so good. And I, I as much as my brother brought up the, the dirt sheets, bringing up the fact that Roman, they don't know right now, apparently, fuck the dirt sheets, but they apparently don't know who they want to win between Roman and Cody, even though it should be very obvious that Cody should be winning. Because, like my brother said, if Ro- hypothetically, if Roman wins, what, what even, what, what do you even do at that point? You're just gonna sit there and have Roman get to a thousand dates, which just so happens to be the same day as King of the Ring, which is like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna put him in King of the Ring. So he's gonna win King of the Ring and reach a thousand days at the same time. Like, I don't. There's nothing you can do for to make Roman Reigns' title reign all that is already one of the best of all times. Like, literally top three title reigns ever. There's nothing you do to make it even better. You can't. You can't do anything to make it better. And like, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter. Saying like, oh, well, this all started with Jay, so it should end with Jay. And have Jay be the one to beat it. That, that, no, stop. Cody beats Roman at WrestleMania. And if it's not that, I don't know what we're doing. I don't. I really don't. I, there's nothing more understanding than having this end with both uh, the Usos and Roman losing same night the entire bloodline just crumbles at the same night there should be no reason why that's not the the only booking that should be in your in your brain yo big facts dude roman has to lose to cody at wrestlemania there's no way roman should keep that belt i do agree with you it's a top three maybe second best title reign of all time you have bruno who did his thing bob Backlund did his thing and roman did his thing Everyone else really hot potato that belt. Hogan held it for a long time, but I have a on the website, go to a bloodline network.com all time WWE champion rankings. Ironically, I was looking at it earlier today because over on World Elite, they're about to do their um, best WWE champion rankings, like a top 10 or something along those lines. So I sent it to Dylan and I said, I make my own list and, you know, go, go to it on the website. Bruno, ridiculous, dude. Bob Backlund, ridiculous. Roman Reigns, though, I think is either eighth or sixth all time already as far as overall WWE champion rings. And I take into a perspective, um, perspective days held, how many times held, and he hasn't held it that many times in comparison to other guys like Cena, Orton and triple H are all in there. Cause they're 16, 14 and four in, in 15. What's Orton? Is he 15 now? Uh, or 14, 14, 14, 14 and 16 is what those guys are. So like they got, they're up there because they've held it so many times. But Roman's only held it six times. But they have a 900-fucking-day reign. It's insane. But if Drew didn't beat him at Clash of the Castle, then they had to wait for some something huge. This is huge. 
This is monumental. There's no one better to do it. There's no one on the roster who can do it unless they really elevate Seth in some crazy sort of way and tell that story. But what the fuck is the point of that? Cody, all super Cody. You're going to be John Cena. You can already tell. It's all about Cody. That's it for sure. All right. All right. So I believe then, Justin, it's up to you for topic then? You know what? I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt. Oh, okay. I didn't anticipate that one coming. I have been so lost on how to even react with this whole situation here. Like, I'm going to say it right now. This whole him having a physical issue thing, honestly, just feels like a cover-up. There, there really feels like there's something more going on here. Because that, to me, feels like it, it feels like wrestling lingo to cover up something. Like, it feels like just, it does, it feels like some kind of wrestling lingo with the whole thing. Like, instead of calling it a hospital, it's a freaking medical facility and stuff like that. This feels like there's something bigger going on by just saying it's a physical issue. Like, it, it feels like the whole, we'll call it, we'll say it's budget cuts during the releases thing because nobody's going to question budget cuts, but then everybody's going to question fucking budget cuts. This is freaking one of those situations where it's like physical issue. So what the fuck could that even be? That just sounds like a cover up for something more serious. Like, I just, I have such a hard feeling with this whole, like, it, trying to come up with words to describe this situation because I honestly feel WWE has failed Bray Wyatt. This is now the third time. This is three times, dude. And it, it almost feels like I I would not be surprised if Bray left. Like, it scares me to think of because I love Bray Wyatt. But right now, he's done so much stuff that ends up fucking flopping so much. Like, how do you go? You go from a, a, a cult-like family to just losing everything when all you are is just I talk and everything I say means nothing because no matter what I'm going to lose. Then I make the Fiend character that fucking everybody loves and it starts off with a bang and then we kill it with Goldberg and then fucking, you know, kill it like every every other chance we get with and then I have like have it lose to Randy again like not good that's two that's strike two and now this where it's like we we're telling the story we get all excited but Bray's coming back we get the white rabbit tease Bray comes back and we all fucking lose our minds and expect this epic story and we started to get one and then we get like the reveal that Uncle Howdy is not Bray, but it's somebody else. And then it's just like the whole story just kind of stopped. Nothing was happening. It was like we told the story. Hey, Bray's not Uncle Howdy. Uncle Howdy's his own entity. And then it's just like, okay, well, now what's the rest of the story going to have to entail here? It's going to have to be who is Uncle Howdy? Who is the Wyatt? Who is the rest of the Firefly Funhouse people? Like, who is the Wyatt Six? And it's just like, WWE just keeps tiptoeing around those answers every time. It's like we get to that point 
And it's like, okay, now the story's telling us we have to get some reveals. We have to find out who's who. And they're like, yeah, but we can just go around that and start telling you some other stuff. Like, it just, they failed Bray Wyatt massively. And I hate saying that because I love the guy's creativity and what he could come up with. But the fact that, like, right now, it's already feeling like it's a dud. The fact that you had this pitch black match that, again, I still thought in perspective looked like a clever idea, but you would, the match was an absolute flop because it didn't do, it was so short. It was rushed. It was just over. It did nothing. Bray has just kind of, I don't know, like, I, it just almost feels like WWE can't do right with Bray Wyatt. And that really sucks to say. Like, I want to see Bray Wyatt succeed, but I just can't. I just don't think WWE can do it for him anymore. Like, it just, they've dropped the ball on him now three times. Do you really take the chance and go against that third strike and say, we can do this, we can do better with it? Like, can you really do better with it? Or are you going to drop the ball on it again? And that's what sucks. Like... It's such a really difficult situation to talk about because nobody actually knows what the hell's going on here. We just get physical issue because that's what we're going to get to try to calm us all down. But it's like that again, like I said, feels like a diversion to, of what's actually could be happening. So it's just it's a weird situation to talk about here. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely debatable for sure. We'd love to talk about it on the debate center sometime on the Bloodline Entertainment Network when that pops for sure. Yeah, man, I uh, I'll talk about it momentarily. Jeremy, what do you think, man? Um, deep down inside, I I really really hope that the physical issue I put it into quotation because nobody knows, but I really hope that the physical issue is more. If it's something to do with the, his finger, which we've seen the pictures online that it's all fucked up, if it has to do with that, fine. But in reality, I, I have a I have this sinking suspicion that it's more to do with his mental health. And because we know Bray we've we know that Bray Wyatt's been succumbed to mental health issues in the past. He's been his first night back, he basically opened up about his mental health issues. All his entire promo was basically just coming out saying that he has mental health issues since Brody passed away. So I have a sinking suspicion that's might be because what the what's going on with him. Because let's be real here, the, the lights out match was his first match back, and yes, it was lackluster. But the people, the, the 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 general fan base, absolutely butchered him. Literally, just laid him out on the butcher table and just hacked him alive, and just acted like it was the end of the world. Called him trash, overrated, just all that hype for this, and just gave that sort of reaction to his first match back. First match. If I was Bray Wyatt and I had fucking months of hype promos and hype packages and mysterious QR codes 
for everyone to be excited for my return, just for them to instantly do a 180 and shit on me in my first match, I would also have mental health issues. But the, 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 whole, the whole physical issues is so vague because it's like, okay, is he injured? Is it something to do with his actual physical? Is he having some sort of internal problems? Like we, Keith Lee had the, the inflammatory of his heart. Like, is it, does it have to do with that of some sort of way? Who knows? We don't know. And just everyone is assuming. It, it's just a giant assumption game with Bray Wyatt. And then everyone's like, oh, he walked out of the, the live event. He never showed up from what <laughs> you don't walk out of a show if you don't show up to begin with. <laughs> right. It's this whole thing is a wild goose chase all over again. And with everything that's going on and the, the build towards mania with Wyatt and Lashley being basically we could assume that it's cut off and off the card. It's like would anyone really even be excited for the match anyway with how this match was being booked and like my brother was saying he was naming all the 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 shortcomings of Wyatt booking the first like 10 years of Wyatt you could blame all that on Vince you could blame the Wyatt family's failures for Vince you could blame the the singles push for Bray Wyatt when he was uh the eater of worlds at for Vince when he couldn't win a fucking match. Uh, you could blame the Fiend's failure on Vince. You could blame anything up to 2022 Ray Wyatt on Vince. Because it is all Vince's fault. But we we didn't give, we didn't give Bray Wyatt a chance this time around. He came back, had one match, and we instantly shit on him. And it's can we really blame the guy if he's having mental health issues? I'm not saying that it's a hundred percent positive. I'm 100% sure that it's mental health related, but like if it is, can we blame the guy? To be fair, though, they did hype the shit out of that pitch black match. They should have done a hell they of a lot hyped up the, They hyped up the pitch black match because it was a sponsor. I don't even care if it was just a fucking sponsor. They had that freaking thing all excited. They had people excited to find out what the fuck was a pitch black match. And when and they I freaking... feel like they had people excited to find out more around Bray's character and more around the surroundings as he had been back for over seven months now. And we have not, or like six months, and we have not found out all right, maybe it was five months, whatever. Fucking, and we have not found out nothing about the guy. All it is is him talking in circles. And I'll get there in one second. I want to give a shout out to Buzzing with Marlo podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, really appreciate you being here. So a point he made makes here is that's why I kept pulling it up. LA Knight got extremely over in this feud. The crowd was hyping LA Knight. He was getting a lot of his yeah chance. He was getting a lot of that crowd pop while they were going at each other. Do you think that had anything to do with it? And another good point he brings up, Bray is mediocre in the ring. He always is. But his character is so good. And, like, that's what always gave Bray that edge. But at the end of the day, I don't think, like, 
I'll talk about it in a second when it's my turn. Um, and he got hurt in his first fucking dark match back. Um, also, like, yeah, like he brought up, he also, his finger, he got hurt in a, it was a lot, it was either a live event or a dark match. It was against Jinder. And every, the picture was circling around. It was basically looked like Dijakovic's finger after his match at uh, Vengeance Day, where it's basically a fucking Z on his hand. It, like, no one knows what's going on and everyone's assuming. And that's the most infuriating part is that people are assuming and making like, they're like, Oh, I, I, I know what's going on. No one knows. The only person that knows is Bray Wyatt and WWE. That's all. That's the only people that know. Big facts. So Ivan says is it's tough to say because we don't know what happened this time. He got, why he got pulled off the card. First time Vince creative differences, obviously lowered Bray's morale. But second time, it's tough to say. And that's where I was going to go with this. Listen, I'm a huge Bray Wyatt fan. I think Wyndham is uber talented. I do agree with Marlo. You know, he's, he's mediocre in the ring. But that's okay. You don't have to be great in the ring. Tell a story. That's all you need to do. Um, You don't need to be great in the ring to fucking tell a good story in the ring, especially if you got the character work of Bray. But under Vince McMahon, I will say they did fail him. The Eater of Worlds gimmick was great. He probably should have been world champion there, especially especially with two world championships. Probably should have been the one to beat The Undertaker. Should have never did that job spot with The Rock um, at that WrestleMania. Should have been on that card. Um, the Cena match, he should have beat Cena. And then, obviously, going over to The Fiend thing, he was awesome as The Fiend. And then, like you said, Goldberg, Randy Orton. He leaves. Mental health. I'll never fuck around with mental health. Say anything bad. I got mental health issues. Anyone who knows, you guys all know that shit. I'm on pills. Bipolar is fucking as it gets, dude. Everyone knows me knows that. Suffer anxiety, too. You know, I'm not going to see them make it about me. But at the end of the day, I don't know. We don't know. So I'm not going to sit here and make assumptions about his mental health or this or that or his physical well-being. But at the end of the day, this dude's been back for about six months, maybe now at this point. And he hasn't done shit. We've had no character development. We've had no character development of the characters behind him. He's wrestled one stupid fucking match. At the end of the match, his fucking sidekick jumped off and committed suicide. And then was by his side the fucking next night on Thursday or on Friday. But what? What? Nothing has made any sense of this whole character. None of the characters didn't make sense. The fucking, when, even when they brought him back, like, I thought maybe they killed off all of his old characters, but they told nothing of that story. Who is Uncle Howdy? Six months later, we still don't know him. Guess what? Honestly, I don't fucking care anymore. And when I found out, when he announced himself to wrestle the winner, Bray versus Brock versus Bobby, I was so unequivocally pissed off because it should be Brock versus Bobby one last time at WrestleMania ending this shit between them. And I think that they're probably saying that for that Saudi show. Maybe that's where they're going to do that one last time for that crowd. But Brock getting Omos, again, big supporter of it, and maybe Bobby getting nothing. When you could have just done Bobby Brock on this huge fucking scale, it is so unbelievably disappointing. Marlo says, I feel like Bray didn't fully believe in the character now. Maybe that's true, too. And another question that I pose is, maybe these characters just can't get over in 2023. We finally got House of Black doing something on the other channel. And we'll talk about the other channel shortly. But we finally got them. After how long? Black didn't get over for five years after NXT. Five years. 
Bray can't get over. Do these characters just not work anymore? Or are these guys just so creative that they get in their own way? Regardless. I say that too, because I was going to, but I didn't want to, because I was just like, would I sound like an asshole saying that? Like, it, because it, it kind of feels that way. Like, it feels like these horror spooky characters just, I don't know, crowd's not into them anymore. And that's what kind of sucks, like, because there's some of the more interesting characters here. We could get some really dope stories out of it, but it's just like when they're doing the whole lights out moments, everyone just kind of goes, oh, where is he coming out from? And I'm just like, I don't know. It sucks because I think smartphones and cell phones ruined all that, too. Because all you gotta do is put a little flashlight on, you can fucking see where the guy's coming now. Where back in the day, it was like yes. it was cool. Yes. I think I think another thing too with like current crowds and the whole perspective of these characters not getting over is that like the current crowds need an explanation immediately. There can't be a long drawn out build of like what's going on, like with what's happening with Bray, like, we still don't know basically anything at this point of what's going on with Bray's story. And the current crowd and fan base, like, they they expect and need an answer, like, in a week, or they're just not invested anymore. See, I I disagree with that a little bit, because I think you can get a little bit of a long build out of something like this, and then, but you you gotta get to the next point. And they weren't getting to the next point. They were basically just absolutely bypassing what was supposed to be next. Like, if you're looking at the story, you're going, okay, this is what we just did. This is what's coming next. After that, we're going to do this. But They weren't even even bypassing it, Justin. They were just literally just just checking that same box over and over again. All right, they know Bray's back. They know Uncle Howdy's here. They know Bray's back. They know Uncle Howdy's here, but yeah. we get nothing else. So why the fuck should we care? Exactly. By the time we saw the Firefly, by the time we saw the Firefly Funhouse characters, and then when Uncle Howdy was revealed as a person, that was when we should have found out who are they, who is Uncle Howdy, who is the Wyatt Six, what the hell do they have an association with each other? But no, they were just tap dancing around everything and just acting like those things didn't exist because we have to advance and do something else like some freaking Firefly Funhouse segment here. Like We might never find out what the Wyatt Six was. And you want to talk about a disappointment. All those vignettes, all the codes, all the fucking characters, the Vincent and Dutch fucking... The thoughts of Bo coming back, of Rowan. Dude, what a joke. The Alexa Bliss teases. What was that about? What a waste. And quite frankly, we've spent too much of this time on this topic. So let's move it fucking on. Jeremy, it's back to you. Pick a topic. Talk about it. You need me to run them back down or are you good? Yeah, go ahead. Read them off for me. Yep. We got Charlotte Rhea. We got AEW Four Pillars. The elite being back together in that little hangman Kenny thing I talked about. The elite and the BCC taking on each other. So, like, we can lump that all into one. And then Jade and Taya and Braun versus Carmella. We're not going to get to them all. We're only going to knock down another two to three of these. But whatever you want, my dude. 
Uh, let's hop on over to the other side. Let's go to AW, and I'm going to start off kind of small. I, I, I kind of want to talk about Jade and Taya. Okay, cool. Dig it. Uh, I feel like this is a lose-lose situation because you're bringing in Taya Valkyrie because, again, she in all in all seriousness, she is a she is a strong name for your company. But if you're bringing in a strong name for your company, you would think you would want to make them win in their first big match, which is assumingly going to be against Jade for the TBS title. But is Taya Valkyrie really going to be the one to beat Jade Cargo for the TBS title? No. So it, this is just another Athena situation where everyone's pumped because it's a big name. It's a known name. Everyone, well, a, a vast majority of wrestling community knows who Taya Valkyrie is. It's They're just hyped because it's a name. And they're going to it's going to be the same situation where she's going to get a few wins under her belt and then she's going to go in against Jade and she's just going to be another statistic. And it's like, if this is what Jade is going to be doing, then just take the title off of her because you can't just keep signing new women to your company for your roster and putting them against Jade for a statistic that completely de defeats the purpose of signing them in the first place. It's like you, you're, you build them up and you make them look strong and you make them look big. And then immediately just boom, you run into the Jade Cargill roadblock and they're just, they, they stumble and tumble and you never see them again. And now they're on ROH. You're not wrong. Like about anything you said, big facts all around. Also, big facts right here. What Marlo said is because so many fans care about moves now, and fans don't like long storytelling, which is why I feel like Bray got burned out. And um, he said, I feel like Bray got burned out, and I feel like that was the writer's ideas, which which also makes sense. It's tough to say. Is that Bray's idea to tell that long story, or is it on Triple H? For the longest time, it was Bray's idea under Vince, and who knew what, but. We're not there. We don't. We don't know. But I, I feel you, man. It's a guy like him, Marlo, as you said, who's not the best in the ring, who's mediocre in the ring. With fans nowadays, like seventy percent of them wanting ricochet young buck like matches. And I mean, not me. I'm good with. You know, there's wrestling for everyone. I just had Sam Adonis on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he said his main thing that he likes is having a show that's got something on it for every person in the house. It's a hardcore match. It's the match with. You know, guys like the Young Bucks who can go out there and fucking do gymnastics, basically. Then you get your big meaty boys like Gunther and Drew, like we were talking about. So, you know, I, I get what you're saying there, for sure. Justin, what's your take on the Jade and Taya thing? Is it a lose-lose? Yeah, it's... I don't know. Like, it's... If you can't... There's no way in hell that Taya coming in was what was planned. There's no way. There's no way that these guys have for months just gone, we, we're bringing Taya in, and this is what we're going to do. Like, I honestly believe Taya's above the TBS title. Taya's fantastic. She is really good. You just say that because you didn't see her. The only extent of what we saw out of Taya 
was in Lucha Underground. And that was about the extent of it. In WWE, she did fucking nothing. She just was literally there and then was gone. But it's just... I, I agree with what he just said. I honestly believe she's just here to become another statistic for Jade because her reign has been so fucking flat and has been against nobodies at this point that they're just like, we need a big name right now for Jade to beat so we can continue this reign and make it sure it's bigger so it actually feels like it has some kind of importance because she beat some big name like Taya. I just... I've said it multiple times. I honestly feel like Jade is eventually just going to hand over the title so she stays undefeated. She moves on into the women's title scene and then she can continue her undefeated streak in the women's title scene. Like, I've had this feeling that that's going to be the thing here. But it's like, I feel like you're kind of putting in a position here where you have to take it off of Jade and put it on to Taya. Like, it, it feels like you've put, like, backed this up against the wall that Jade's reign's been so bad, people are just so freaking set for Taya to do it because they want it over. Jade's reign has been awful. It's so drug out and absolutely has nothing big in it because all she's done is face freaking, like, under, like, not even, I wouldn't even say mid-card women. They're like lower card women to jobbers. And that's about it. Really AEW dark talent. Yes. Like what the than, yeah, like the AEW dark talent that loses. Yeah. Right. I, I like to call great indie talents, but right, it's you know, you're on the big screen against Jake Cargill. You're TBS title got introduced. The first thing I said was, oh, great. So it's just the title. It's just literally going to be the title for the women that aren't going to be in the women's title scene because they're going to look at them and go, hey, you're clearly not ready to be in the women's title scene. But we'll give you a title to fight for. Here's a title for you guys. Like that title needs to be the way, kind of like the Intercontinental title is for the men. That title should be that the, the equivalent of that. This should be the title you hold that's going to eventually level you up into the women's championship scene. Not, but basically, it's just become the Jade Cargill title. It's basically we are so fucking invested in Jade. Let's have her keep a title and this really long undefeated streak, and expect people to give a shit after she's fought freaking randos and jobbers and people that they just randomly brought in on dark and stuff like that. Like, like I said, you, I feel like you backed her into the corner where it's like, you have to put the title on Taya because everyone's just done with this. But if Jade, if Jade beats Taya, then it's just, we, we just brought Taya in to give Jade something big. Like, and in the names that she's beaten, here's Taya Valkyrie on that list. Like, it's just a really kind of crappy situation here. That's true. Let's see what Marlo's got to say. He says, bringing in big, well-known names in the promotion is supposed to build Jade into a bigger star. But I feel like if or when Jade loses, there wouldn't be anything for her. Um, he says, Jade is the attraction, so you got to blame Omega and Tony on this scenario. And that's true. And Ivan says, we need Taya to join the Outcast. And they have Jade go face and join the Originals. Damn it, Chris has been staying women's stampede. Book it, Tony Khan. Stop bullshitting. You're bullshit, Tony Khan. And, yeah, I mean, we've been saying it right here. I've been saying it on Circle of Debate, too. 
it just needs to be spring. It needs to be the fucking um, stadium stampede. It needs to be a blood and guts match. The five and five needs to happen at double or nothing for sure. I know they do the stampede match there. They can run around, do their thing. I think it would be cooler in blood and guts personally, but yes. So that's where I was going to spin it here. Justin, they made the belt just for Jade. Yes, they did because Jade couldn't go and wrestle for the main championship yet. She wasn't ready for the picture. They didn't want her wrestling Thunder Rosa. They didn't want her wrestling Brit yet. Obviously, she had that one off of Rosa in the TBS Championship Women's Tournament that Mercedes interfered with, giving Mercedes the Thunder Rosa feud, you know, justifying that. But they didn't want her mixing it up with that talent yet. They still don't, apparently. I don't get why. She wins this match. Absolutely. And then, yes, I think they Ty is not a face. They flip her heel right away. She's an outcast. She's perfect outcast. And what have we been saying on this show? Me specifically, Jade's going to be on that OG team. 110% Jade's going to be on that team. So there you go. There's a little feud between these two. But I don't think Taya gets that win. I think that if Jade does turn face, Soraya beats Jade for that, that belt. Or Tony beats Jade for it. But if Jade stays heel and doesn't do the OG thing, all this is is a is a place filler to where Taya will still join the outcast. Jade won't join the originals. But at double or nothing, we will see Jade against Stat for this belt back from her ACL injury. And Stat will take what rightfully should have been hers nine months ago. But instead, Tony Khan, you're bullshit. And you didn't know how to adjust your TBS women's championship picture, which you should have done when the person you wanted to win the belt nine months ago tore her ACL. You should have just fixed it up a little bit, but you did it. You didn't adjust. You didn't take the pencil. So Jade has looked horrible over the last like six months while stats been hurt because you didn't know what to do with her. I digress. Ivan, Soraya, Ruby, Tony, Taya, Athena, Britt, Hater, Jade, Rio, Willow, Willow, Stat, yeah, those are, that's the outcast team that I think. I still don't know if they're going to get Athena involved because of the ROH aspects of things. You're probably still bringing another woman. I still have said it. I've said it since day one. Who have I said? Thunder Rosa needs to be on that team. You bring her back. It's the perfect time. You bring Thunder Rosa back. She's on the outcast team. She was the NWA world champion when she came over. She's on the outcast team. She hates fucking Britt Baker. And there you fucking go, dude. There you fucking go. I'm with it. Justin, next topic. What do you got? Hmm. Run them down one more time. Yeah, so we got Charlotte and Rhea. We got AEW Four Pillars. We got the Elite being back together and then then taking on the BCC. And then Braun and Carmelo. You know what? I'm going to go with the Four Pillars because we just talked about this last time. So Let's go, baby. I'm going to tell you this right now. If you are going to give me a fatal four-way between the four pillars, I am fucking ready for that. I don't want one-on-ones. I don't want separate one-on-ones. I want fatal four-way. I want to see these four. Like, the promos, actually. Sammy's, I'll give, listen, Sammy is an absolute prick, and I don't give a shit. But that promo he cut had me really freaking invested in him right there. What he said there. Darby, same fucking thing. Jungle Boy, same thing. The three of them, basically, Max, I love how MJF said nothing the whole time. He literally let them talk and then would cut them off at the end when they were done. 
I was like, damn, at least he let them speak and let them say their piece before he went in on them. Like, right there, it's the young talent right there for AEW. You got Sammy, you got Jungle Boy, you got Darby, you got MJF. That's your pillars. They really are the fucking pillars right there. They're the young talent that eventually will come close to a world title. Like, Darby could do it. Like, Darby is absolutely, like, somebody people like a lot. Like, people love Darby. Sammy, listen, I know he's an asshole. And, you know, he likes to, you know, throw his fucking relationship all over the screen. But I'm going to give it to the guy every time. He's really good still. And Jungle Boy, absolutely. We've seen he deserves to be in the world title scene. When he had that match with Omega, Jungle Boy looked like he fit in that whole entire, like, division. He went fighting for the world title. Like, you got Max. Clearly, he's not going to lose the title anytime soon. This is going to be a little side feud right now where it's going to be literally the four young guys fighting it out for the world title. That's big. That's Justin, really big. Justin, I have two questions for you. And Jeremy, it's remember to answer them when it comes back to you. Two questions. One question is this. Does this... Is this the world championship match at double or nothing? Or is it filler on the way to whatever the championship match is at double or nothing? And if it is the championship match at double or nothing, can it sell the 50 to 70,000 pay-per-view buys that is expected of an AEW pay-per-view? Yes, I think it can. I think the main event. It can be the main event. I think this could be your double or nothing main event right here. If you build this up perfectly with the four young guys going face-to-face to face-to-face in a fatal four-way. Imagine, picture picture that as your main event for Double or Nothing. These four young guys main eventing the show. The four of these guys would tear the fucking house down as a main event. Because okay. you get a lot of people going, oh my god, could Jungle Boy do it? Could Darby do it? Will Sammy pull out a fucking surprise? Is MJF going to clearly retain, like... It's going to throw so much freaking, like, everything at the screen. Just going, oh, my God, I'm with Jungle Boy. Oh, my God, I'm with Darby. I'm with Sammy. Like, because he actually gave me a reason to give a shit. Like, I think this as your world title main event for Double or Nothing is fucking perfect. Like, it's perfect. That's per- That's great for all the, like, again, it's all young talent in your main event. That's a big freaking deal right there. And if they show out in that main event, it goes, look, these guys should stay in that world title scene. Like they would if they stand out enough to where they would seem like they could fit in that division and stay in that entire division there. It's it's they're made right there. Bro, these four guys on the screen. You got your world champion MJF. You got Darby and Sammy, who have held that TNT championship a combined 972 times. And you got the guy of the three of them who is most likely and most ready to take that step to the next level. So Jack gets his pyro. Jack gets pay-per-view wins. Jack's not the best on the stick yet. 
But what Jack conveyed on the stick was a good message. Shut the fuck up. All you do is fucking talk and talk and talk. It felt like me like six weeks ago. I felt like Jack heard me again and was like, I'm just going to say what this guy said, and I'm going to repeat it. And I'm like, that a boy, Jack. Great promo by Sammy. You forget how good Sammy was. People only hate him because he's a fucking prick, all right? People forget, and I've never turned my back on him, but people forget just how fucking great and talented that fucking kid is, dude. And Darby, this is by far and away the best promo Darby Allen's ever cut in his life. My God, I was laughing. I was into it. I'm like, Darby, what the fuck? I didn't know you had this in you. Do I think it could be a pay-per-view world championship match? Yes. I only say that now based off of what I see AEW going towards. I see them going toward BCC versus the Elite at double or nothing. So if you're doing some variety of Hangman and the Bucks against Moxley, Yuta, and Claudio at that pay-per-view, then this Fatal 4-Way can be your world title match, and you can sell... 50 to 70,000 buys because that also means this five on five women's match we've been talking about is going to go down there. And then Kenny Omega, if he's not involved in that, it means Kenny's going to be doing something individually on his own. Theoretically speaking, the way I see it is probably a one-on-one match with Jericho, um, which isn't the worst thing because it occupies Jericho. I could be wrong, but just, you know, seeing it out there, but we're talking about the four pillars here. Do I think these guys are the actual pillars of the company? No. There's a reason that if you go back and watch our show last week, that they weren't really included. I had Jack. I think one of you guys had Jack, but one of you guys didn't have Jack. I think that none of us had Darby, and none of us had Sammy. Um, So I don't know that these guys are truly the pillars anymore. And for that, I will commend Tony Khan for reminding us that these were the pillars of the company. These were the four guys who got put on the T-shirt. So I'm down. If you give me these three matches, you give me this Fatal 4-Way, you give me the six, the trios match of the BCC versus Elite, you give me the five-on-five and the big, big women's match at the pay-per-view, you give me a singles Kenny match, you give me a TNT championship match between Wardlow and Hobbs. Now, and we get a, a trios match, for the trios championship between House of Black. Now, now we're starting to really fucking cook for this pay-per-view. So, so I think it could. I think it could be a pay-per-view world championship match. I think it'll bang. Max will win. And I think the lead-up in all the different variations of matches and singles matches and tag matches um, that we can get leading up to this point would be fucking awesome. So... Thank you, Tony Khan. Great job putting these guys back together. The promo to start the show felt so WWE, and the old me would have said, God, that's disgusting. But, like, sometimes AEW needs to be a little bit like the WWE. And in this case, starting the show with a 20-minute promo, then going into a banger match was a fucking really, really fun way to go, for sure. Jeremy, finish this up on the pillars. Um, I could see this being the main event for Double or Nothing. I, I could, but I just have a sinking suspicion that they're not going to do it. I have a feeling that they're probably going to do a triple threat match between the three challengers to figure out a number one contender. Oh. 
which we it'll probably Ooh, be Jungle Boy. Guy out of here. I have a I just have a feeling that it'll be that. But if if it's a fatal four way, you're not going to get any complaints out of me for damn sure. The four of them will tear the house down. I I know that for damn sure. Uh, the promo that they did, like you said, was fucking phenomenal. Just MJF telling Sammy calling Sammy Guevara, Sammy, I'm going to propose to another woman in five months, Guevara. <laughs> it was fucking hysterical. And just the, the the witty humor between all four of them, just how easy it was to fucking shit talk Max and how fucking Max could easily just throw it back and ending up having Max getting a face full of fucking cake was hysterical covering the entire title and fucking cake that is <laughs> but but I, I could see I could see this being the main event but I, I just have a feeling that it's probably not going to be right especially when you have the BCC and the um, Elite throwing down which I don't think would be the main event we talked about this on the show two weeks ago if you have all these women involved in this match Britt, Jamie Jade, Thunder, Soraya, Tony, Riho, Sheeta, Nyla, any variety of all of these former women's champions, that should be your main event. Oh, hey, for all the people who want to say that I'm sexist for saying the WWE match shouldn't be the main event at WrestleMania. No, no one said that. You know me, you know. But I'm screaming. <laughs> I'm screaming right now that five on five should be the main event of Double or Nothing, whether it's um, anarchy in the arena, stadium stampede, blood and guts, whatever it is, that combination of women the sto- in the story, okay? The story they've been telling now for two months, which hasn't gotten boring because they continue to add layers to it. Love it. That should be your main event. Now scream it from the motherfucking rooftop. And I will go ahead and I will finish us off with one last topic for the evening. Sad we didn't get to Charlotte and Rhea. Um, that was a banger of a segment on Friday Night SmackDown. Definitely got me more invested into that match. I hope this week we get one more banger-ass segment from them um, heading into Mania Weekend on Friday. But that last one will be a combination of the Elite being back, the Elite being back together and the Elite versus the BCC. So we know this horrible hangman, Hangman and Mox, first of all, is not horrible, but the Hangman Dark Order thing has just got to go, okay? And the Moxley Hangman thing felt never ending until now because when they were still wrestling on this dynamite and they were at the end of the show, the BCC was circling Hangman. I'm like, why? Why, why, why? Okay, maybe the BCC wants the trios belts from the House of Black. Okay, that's cool. But no, the BCC circling Hangman. Moxley and Hangman is still a thing. Fuck, I thought we just ended this in the Texas Death Match. Why is it still going? But, but, we got, instead of the Dark Order, because they got laid out, we got Nick, Matt, and Kenny rolling behind Hangman, stepping in front of the BCC, and Mox is like, just go ahead and slide myself to the ring. Claudio, Wheeler, come on, come on. We'll fucking, we'll do this another time. Okay, okay, okay. And then if you watch Being the Elite, which again, I don't, but I'm on Twitter. So you see, you see it. They added, hey, and you know, friends groups, people get removed, people get added, people leave. 
They added Hangman back to their elite group chat. Right when they added Hangman, Kenneth, Kenny, left. Mm. So there's clearly still animosity between Hangman and Kenny. They're trying to tell that story. But the Bucks and Kenny are back, or and Hangman are back together. That's a new trio, prospectively. They're going to wrestle the BCC, I'd imagine. We'll get this feud up until double or nothing. I'm excited about it. I can't fucking wait. God damn. I was I was hoping. I was hoping that Kenny and Hangman could have just mended fences and Brian would have came back as a heel. We've never seen in the fucking year that BCC has been together. There are six months that Claudio has been here. We have never seen Brian, Claudio, Yuta, and Mox together. Never once. So my hope was that Brian came back, turned heel, we get a Brian Kenny match, and we get the trios match, and we get two matches mixed in between this BCC and this elite thing. I don't think it's going to end up happening. I digress. That's what I would personally do. I would have kept those four together, brought Brian back, turned him heel, and did two matches at double double or nothing. Brian and Kenny, another main event-worthy fucking match in that trios match between those six guys. I don't really care. One of you take it, other one take it, and we done. <laughs> this time. I um dude, I actually got pretty excited for this. Like, listen, I, I like the dark order. I really do. But they're just basically on the outs right now. They're not doing anything of importance. Hangman getting getting protected by the elite was probably one of the bigger surprises like I was ever expecting. Like when that turned into that whole all out brawl, I never expected the Bucks and Kenny to slide in there and be like, hey, don't worry, Hangman, we got your back. But Kenny's still kind of looking at Hangman like, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of have some past here, and I'm not too fine with that one right yet. But I think you eventually, I think we're going to get it. I think over the time, I think over time we're going to get Kenny and Hangman back together again. I think they're finally going to, it's going to kind of be like a Sammy KO kind of thing where it's going to, you're going to finally get them back together. Kenny's going to realize that he can trust Hangman. And I'm going to take the pen, flip it and reverse it here by saying that I think we are going to get an eight man tag. And I think we're going to get Brian coming back. We get the elite versus BCC, all four of them. You cannot tell me that you would not be fucking pumped to see that shit. Because that sounds dope as fuck. No, bro, I'm all in. I don't need the Brian versus Kenny thing. I was just trying to stretch the card a little bit, give us that fucking dream match one more time because it went to a draw, right? 30-minute draw? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think we'll get it. I think we'll get it eventually, but I think this is where you can get those kind of singles matches out of this. But I think we're going to get this big, epic eight-man tag with the Bucks. And Hangman and Kenny, and you finally just, just over time, you just get Kenny and Hangman kind of coming back together. But Hangman and Kenny just don't trust each other yet. And then, so how do you do it? How do you do it? You bring Brian back to be the upper edge on the BCC side first, or you bring Kenny because you can't go four on three the other way. No, you would have to bring Brian back. You have Brian come back, and then again, you just just have them surround Hangman again, where it's like. Hangman looks like he's in trouble. The elite come out, but Kenny starts to get like suspicious, like still just kind of remembers the past going, 
man, like, I, I don't know. Me and him still just don't get along here the entire time. But then eventually it's going to come down to the part where Kenny's going to be like, all right, Hangman seems like he kind of wants to be back with the elite. And then when those two come back together and the elite reforms, we got ourselves a big eight man tag that eventually comes to fruition here. But you got some dope singles matches in the in between there, bro. That shit would be fucking nuts. Like that would be nuts. Yo, I think we got a new name for you from Tom. What's up, Tom? Raise your glass, Tom. Broadcast podcast. Go and check them out. Always doing some fantastic things, both on audio and on the YouTube. So go and check out the Broadcast podcast for sure. Justin, I'm with you. Like I said, I've been yearning to have the four of them together. Not that you lead, why don't fuck them? But I've been yearning to have the four BCC members together for how long? I bitch in that UW pod chat. Fuck. Why have they never been together? Why is it Brian, Claudio, and, and Yuta? Why is it Mox, Claudio, and Yuta? Why is it Brian and Mox? What, what, do they not get that they're a faction? Does Tony Khan not understand how factions work? At some point, your whole faction should be on TV together to solidify that you were a faction. I was at the show when Brian and Mox came together and formed the BCC, and they said Yuta and Danny and Lee Moriarty. And okay, well, we ended up with Claudio because Brian got injured and it ended up great. But I think Tony Khan really put it in his head that Claudio was Brian. So, like, they can never be together with Mox at the same time. It's fucking mind blowing and it drives me bananas. So, I'm all in on the eight man. You know, I'm all in on the eight man. But Brian and Kenny has got something to it, baby. Jeremy, what's your take on this? And then we'll get out of here. Uh, I I have to agree. I think we somehow get an eight-man tag out of this, bringing Brian back eventually. I feel like it, right now with what happened on BT, I'm assuming they're going to make it some sort of story arc. So I'm thinking that the two sides are going, they're like, all right, we have three on three, but we know we have a fourth. So the, both of them, are just going to be doing whatever it takes to get that fourth back. And then eventually the elite are going to get Kenny to go along first. And then you'll see like segments of like Mox and Claudio and Wheeler trying to get a hold of Brian. He's not answering. And eventually they're just like, you know what? Fuck it. And they drive up to Brian's house and then just slap the shit out of him. Like, hey, wake the fuck up. This is the combat club. We're in a fucking feud here. Wake the fuck up. Get out of your little funk here. We know you lost to Maxwell. Get the fuck up. We're about to fight the elite. Get your fucking shit together. Brian. Can I just see them going to the door. Brie opens the door and they're just like, she just kind of goes, looks at him and goes, Oh, hey, Mox, how's it going? Yeah, get out of the way. I got to go talk to Brian. <laughs> they don't even like, they don't even roll up with the three of them. They use like Renee. They use Renee to get in the door. Like Renee's going to go have wine with Brie. So Renee gets Brie to open the door. And then the three of them just stroll in right afterwards and like, where the fuck is Brian? We need to talk. (laughs) Walk up to his fucking room like, hey, Brian, wake the fuck up. We got a fucking feud to go with. (laughs) It's so good. Yes. Yes. Oh, shit. 
Exactly, my brother. Exactly. I hope you guys are right. Trust me. I want this four on four in the worst way. That's what I thought it was going to go until we seen the yeah. goodbye Kenneth, which ultimately could still get us to Kenny and Brian, just in a completely different avenue with the BCC and elite feuding without them feuding. Um, I digress. It's a different way for sure. That's it, guys. We hammered pretty much every topic outside of Charlotte and Rhea. We'll talk about that on Saturday when we do our WrestleMania prediction show. We'll also talk about WWE NXT stand and deliver, or Braun Breaker will wrestle Carmelo Hayes in a main event that we have wanted to see for a year now. The best two NXT superstars. Cannot wait for that. NXT is coming off the air, I believe, right now. We'll talk about the women's ladder match that's going to happen. I think it'll be Cora Jade. Maybe Roxanne still shows up. Who knows? I don't even know if Cora's going to be in the match. But that's the topic. No coming for, for Stand and Deliver right now. We're about to get Johnny Gargano and Grayson Waller in an unsanctioned match, bro. Ooh, unsanctioned. So you think a little, little HBK is going to come throw some sweet chin music in that at some point, maybe? <laughs> Let's do it at this point. Let's do it. Let's do it. Boys. As you always know, where can the people find you? Jeremy. You can find me on Twitter. Shocking, I know. On Twitter. <laughs> Jeremy Time721. You can find me on Twitter at Justin Time 211 in time wrestling podcast. Yes. On a hiatus, but I'm gonna tell you right now, every time does not mean we are gone forever. We will be back. Go find the show, give it a listen. So that way, you know what to expect when we do come back. You want some laughs? You want some truth? You want some enjoyable shit? We'll give it to you. My man, I love you guys. You guys are fucking absolutely awesome. And a little housekeeping again before we get out of here um, and before I think run it all down. If you're listening, thank you so much. But please hit that fucking subscribe button. The Bloodline Entertainment Network, your Home for sports, wrestling, entertainment, podcast, seven days a week, two, three shows a fucking day, seven days a week. Who else is doing this shit? Live shows. Not like we're uploading, doing this. No, we are live fucking two, three times a day, seven days a week. Come get us. We'll talk to you. You see it? Tune in. We'll put your comments up. We'll talk to you. We'll engage. We'll have conversations with you the whole damn time. It's not just us. It's not just sports. It's not just wrestling. We got the website all right bloodlinenetwork.com again for all of your sports wrestling entertainment needs and our podcasts are there too you want top 10 match ratings you want drafts you want lists yo the nfl drafts right around the corner we got player profiles on every single first round prospect out there we got mock drafts right now for the first 25 picks in the draft again so much fantastic content on bloodlinenetwork.com. And it's not just the network. It's not just the YouTube. It's not just us. It's not just Circle of Debate and Clark Street and Universal Wrestling and Top Rope and the Wrestling DeLorean and My Brothers Here and Roto Slappers and the New Japan Show and the MMA Show. Yeah, Wrestle Bread too. Oh, and Justin knew exactly where I was going with that right on cue, my man. We got the Russell Bread, our girl, the first lady of the Bloodline Entertainment Network, JD from Russell Bread Podcast, every Thursday night going forward right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. JD is going to be bringing her hot takes, her wrestling thoughts. Russell Bread, every Thursday, 
8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. But JD's not just going to be doing Russell Bread with us. She'll be doing Debate Center with us. She'll be a sports correspondent with us. Let me do that live draft show. I'm sure she's going to be coming on with us, talking some Phillies baseball and out of here every now and then. We got so and out of here. Another homegrown show by our boy Nick Ding from the UW pod. Check it out. Out of here. God, so much great stuff right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Like, I can't even keep up with it. It is just so, so, so much stuff. So much great content all the time. And the Tim King Show. Big announcement on the Tim King Show as well. Uh, I was going to save it, but hey, whatever. Fuck it. It's a plug and let's plug. We will be doing Saturday nights going forward for the most part. We do PLE watch-alongs, pay-per-view watch-alongs. Obviously, we won't be going live. But the idea is to go Roto Slappers, Tim King Show, back-to-back Saturday nights, 7, 8.30. Me and my in-time wrestling brothers, the Slapper Brothers, or as I like to say, Trio's Champions of Podcasting is this set right here. Any other three come and challenge us. We are the Trio's Champions of fucking wrestling podcasting. No one's going to fucking do it better than this. So if you got three, bring it. Challenge us. I don't give a fuck. We'll fucking smash you, dude. We'll bang you, slap you, and smash you. And that's what the fuck we will do. And to everyone who watched, I can't thank you enough. Everyone who commented, I can't thank you enough. Anyone who goes to bloodlinenetwork.com, anyone who comes to Bloodline Entertainment Network on YouTube, all major audio platforms, get on our audio. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. I, that's the same shit. Fucking, uh, what is that? Fucking uh, iHeartRadio. Spreaker, we are literally on every single audio platform out there. Get on our audios. The the video is here, right here at bloodlineentertainment.com or bloodline entertainment on YouTube, bloodlinenetwork.com for the website, all the podcasts, wrestle bread every Thursday for the banger for the slappers. We out.